Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, Texas on Friday, September the 1st, as we begin another month. And that we begin another month with an old friend, uh, Rick Moran of PJ Media. Uh, Rick and I go back a while, and it's a lot of fun to chat with him about current events and find out what's going on in the world. So, Rick, welcome. It's great to have you. Silvio, always good to see you. <laughs> That's right. Literally, you can see yeah, me now, right? <laughs> I can see you. But you can't see me. No, I cannot see you. Neither can but... your audience, and that's a real good thing. Well, <laughs> I think your your better contribution to the world is your pen. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Could be, yeah. So uh, so it's great to have you. Now, you are, you've been with PJ Media for a long time, almost 20 like years. 2005, uh, yeah. Yeah, so you were... Uh, it was about that time back in the, in the fall of 2004 that I started blogging, and a lot of it had to do with you and our friend uh, Ed Morrissey, who even wrote a book and is is pretty popular these days. Yeah. And it just seems like it's, uh, you know, those were the days of the Bush re-election, right. which, which almost seems like another time and place. It's almost like we're talking about something... I mean, it, it doesn't it seem a lot further back than 18 years, the yeah. Bush re-election? Yeah. It's a different world. I mean, it was. It was totally a different, different world. Yeah, it, it was a totally different world and, you know, perhaps even totally different uh, Republican Republican Party back then. But it just oh, seems yeah. like the issues that we were talking about back in the fall of 2004, a lot of it was terrorism, Yeah, the war in Iraq of course, Afghanistan, uh, you know, back in 2004, in the fall of 2004, who would have thought that Barack Obama would be elected president? He wasn't even in the Senate in 2004. Uh, he had just run, I think, in 2004, right? Uh, he became the senator in Illinois in 2004. And then, yeah, of course, right. yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just a, a, a lot of things have happened uh, since then to the country and to the party. Well, there's three big issues I want to touch base with you today. The first one is Afghanistan, uh, how we got out. It, it just seems like there's a lot of questions and no answers. The second one is the migrant crisis. I saw a video earlier today of some very angry people in your hometown of Chicago. And then this story that I uh, that I came across here in the last couple of days about consumer credit you know, car loans, credit card loans, and how they are uh, delinquencies, as they like to call them, are becoming a problem. But let's let's begin with Afghanistan. Uh, I was, just for the record, I think people who know me know this, but just to, to set the table, I was one of those who wanted to keep a force in Afghanistan. I wanted to make sure we had some presence there, not, not a combat-type uh, presence, but at least a presence there, an Air Force base, something that we could activate immediately if we had to. So I was disappointed when both President Trump and President Obama, I mean, President Biden, were talking about withdrawing altogether. But obviously, it took on an entirely different feeling or result, if you will, when President uh, uh, Biden did it. So it was a disaster. I'd like to get your thoughts, Rick. Well, it was worse than a disaster. It was a negligent homicide on the part of Biden. This We're just finding out the bits and pieces of, uh, of how that uh, withdrawal went down. 
And one thing that rushes to the front is the idea that the generals in charge in Afghanistan did not want to get out like that. They wanted a slower withdrawal. They wanted a withdrawal that, uh, you know, that would have left the Afghan government, uh, you know, protected to some degree. But this, this was just cut and run. It was exactly what what they shouldn't have done. And the Joint Chiefs of Staff, um, for the most part, disagreed with, with uh, Biden. But he wanted to get out. He had set a goal of getting out by September 11th of that year, of uh, 2021. And that just, the, the, when you when you put a political goal in front instead of a military goal, you get disaster. And that's right. what we got. Yes. And of course, and then to really make something bad worse, we lose 14, 000, 14 Marines there at the end uh, at the airport. And, you know, our son was in Afghanistan for about a year and uh, he was in one of those bases. I forgot which one, but we had more casualties, Rick, that day than we had had uh, for almost two or three years. Two years, yeah. Previous because I remember when our son was over there in 2019, 2018, 2019, that, you know, you live with, the, obviously, the thought that he's in harm's way, which is a natural thought. And I remember there was a helicopter accident where six guys were killed. But day-to-day -day combat, I mean, that pretty much ended. Um, and we were basically sitting down and sort of watching things. But at least what we were doing was stabilizing the region. Once we left, I mean. It was, yeah, it, it blew up. <laughs> yes. I mean, Afghanistan became exactly what it was before uh, the Afghanistan War of 2001. It was a. It became a theocratic dictatorship that oppressed women and everybody else who didn't toe the line on on uh, their idea of Islam, right? Uh, you know, of whatever they preach. Yeah. Um, what what disappointed me more than anything else is you mentioned women. That was one of the biggest setbacks, I think, of pulling out. That we really pulled the rug from under these women who were at least getting an education and, you know, getting ahead. And yet the silence, the silence from the Democrats and the feminists was incredible. I mean, you would have expected that they would be at least supportive of the women left behind. There was a young woman who I met here in Afghanistan, uh, I mean, here in the Dallas area, who was telling me how rough it was. She was able to get out in the last year, but how rough it was for girls now, Rick. Yeah. Yeah, the uh, uh, the whole point of, uh, of getting out of Afghanistan was to leave some semblance of Western civilization behind so that it would protect women, uh, gays, uh, you know, the, the vul most vulnerable people in Afghan society. And what happened was the Democrats got uh, in the way of their diversity agenda. 
because they wanted to be uh, diversity-minded toward Islam, and they wanted to be diversity-minded toward uh, feminists. And the two clashed, and so they just kept their mouths shut. I mean, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. basically it. And may maybe you, you agree with me, Rick, but this also had a very negative impact on the reputation of the United States. Um, I think a lot of people saw that and they really couldn't believe it. You know, they said, you're walking out like that. We left, I don't know how many billions of dollars of equipment. Eight billion. Uh, yeah. I mean, and it's like, that's just not the way you do it. That's no. my fear. Now, is that, were you in favor, uh, Rick, as I was, of keeping a force in Afghanistan, you know, sort of staying away from all the the day-to-day -day, uh, stuff going on that goes on in any country, but at least being there. Were you, were you in favor of that? Of course, yes. I think anybody who saw the Taliban moving uh, in the spring and early summer of 2021 knew that the end was near. I mean, the corrupt regime that was running Afghanistan didn't have a chance. I mean, they would have needed a surge of U.S. assistance was not politically viable. I mean, that's let's just face it. American was were sick of the war. They wanted to get out, and that's fine. But suppose we would let uh, 2,500 troops at Bagram Air Force Base, which was the hub of, uh, of American uh, uh, operations in, in Afghanistan. And suppose at that point um, we had been able to uh, develop a corridor between Kabul and Bagram that would have allowed eventually all of the, uh, you know, the Afghan civilians who helped us, thousands and thousands of interpreters and, you know, cooks and house cleaners. And, you know, these people were left to, to swing, to be hung, actually. And so we could have gotten a lot of those people out and they wanted to get them out, but uh, but Biden had his deadline, September 11th, and uh, you know they, they had to stick with that. Right, and as you mentioned, uh, the military, the you know the top military uh, people, told him not to do it. You would think that if all the military comes to you and says, "Don't do it, Mr. President," or "Don't do it this way," that you would listen to him. That that you. <laughs> You would listen to him, especially someone, what was it, Secretary Gates, who once said that Joe Biden has gotten every foreign policy decision wrong yeah. over the years. Yeah. No, I, th I thought it was horrible. I thought it was horrible for the reputation of the United States. And, of course, to make matters worse, I mean, those 14 young Marines who were killed there at the last minute. Yeah. And then, I guess, to top it off, President Biden looking at his watch, during oh, the yeah. the, I mean, it was the whole thing was horrible. Well, Biden is a liberal, is an old-fashioned liberal, and an, an anti-Vietnam War liberal. He's he's that old, and uh, you know the, the 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 argument that the reputation of the United States would be damaged doesn't register with him. He doesn't care. In fact, liberals of that time believe that the United States needed to be punished for going into Vietnam. And that the way to do that is to, you know, to, to, uh, to have the rest of the world shake their finger at us and tell us what, uh, what hoodlums we are. Right. Well, that's exactly right. Now, of course, 
we know that he was talking to Strong Thurman in 1964, and uh, that, <laughs> that <laughs> which is which is another angle of President Biden that is just absolutely incredible. I mean, <laughs> he was a segregationist. And, yes, he was, he's anti-busing. He was he was anti-black. I think I, I don't I don't know how he came to be this. Uh, uh, and it just goes to show Silvio the hypocrisy of the Democrats in allowing Joe Biden, who who was against busing, who was against, I think he was he was only for the Voting Rights Act uh, after it was passed. You know, this is this man is a is not a friend of black people, and is now portrayed as you know the. Uh, the savior of blacks. So I don't. Right. It just it just makes me sick. It does. How they no, can does. how they can. Uh, 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 I'm sorry. How they can. Uh, yeah, all the changes forgive, in it or something. Forgive yeah. Biden and right. forgive any Democrat who might have like you know, but they're Democrats, so they get right. they get a pass, and a Republican appears in blackface somewhere, and he's kicked out of office. You know, that's, that's right. Just terrible. No, it is. Well, another big issue I want to get your thoughts on is the migrant crisis in blue cities. Uh, we are obviously watching what's going on in New York City. As I said, I mentioned the video that I saw in in your hometown of Chicago, that the L.A. City Council is going to sue Texas, which is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. They're going to sue, sue Texas because uh, Texas uh, took them seriously when they said they were a sanctuary city. Yeah. Uh, and then the governor of Massachusetts, I just saw this morning, is sending the National Guard, I guess, to help uh, with the migrants. This thing is blown up in their faces, Rick. And you may remember a few years ago um, when then-Governor Abbott uh, signed the law here in, in Texas to eliminate sanctuary cities, that he was catching all kinds of heat for, for saying that we wouldn't have sanctuary cities. And now, of course, they you know they preach sanctuary cities, but then when the migrants show up, I guess that's not what they meant by sanctuary <laughs> city. Yeah, it's amazing. What do you think? Well, it's it they they keep uh, tripping over their own hypocrisy. <laughs> you know, as you said, they're uh, they're sanctuary city, and you should you Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, is doing somersaults. And backflips, and twisting himself into a pretzel, trying trying to be both welcoming to the migrants, and you know, telling them to get the hell out of the out of the city. So, yeah, it's a it's a it's a horrible problem because it was in, it's 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 invited. Biden invited these people, you know, this first day in office, and. And it's not really a, the, the border that, that's the problem. The problem is that the federal government is busing these migrants to New York City, to L.A., to Chicago, to New Jersey, uh, and, you know, telling the governors, the blue governors, it's their problem. Uh, let them do it. You know, let them, let them solve it. Right. And that just doesn't, uh, it doesn't sit well. And you can, they're, they're trying their best not to scream at Biden over this because it's uh, it's just incredible. 90,000 people coming to New York in the last uh, six months. 
You know, I didn't even think we had that many buses in Texas yeah. to, to send that many people. Well, they're but not. I, yeah. But yeah. I will tell you this. I will tell you this. From the Texas perspective, because obviously I don't live on the border, but, you know, we're in touch with lots of people on the border. This is, I mean, what's happening now in these cities uh, is what was, what was happening on the border. These little towns, smaller towns on the border, like Del Rio, Del Rio with a population, Rick, of 15,000 people had 15,000 Haitians on the other side of the river ready to come over. Uh, El Paso with a population of about a half a million people had, you know, easily 30, 40,000 people on the streets. I mean, they're in El Paso. And I remember talking to a police chief uh, down on the border. Again, there's a lot of these little towns on the border. And the police chief was saying that he spent his entire budget for 2023 in the first three months because they had to use so much extra time and so much overtime with the police that they exploded their budget in the first three months. So what they're going through in Chicago and in New York Rick is the same thing that was going on down here. You know, simply too many people that, that the cities couldn't handle. The hospitals, that's another problem. They come and obviously some have to go to the hospital and, and they're flooding the hospital. So you mentioned something to me yesterday. I'd like you to develop it a little bit more. When we were talking on the phone yesterday, you said that Afghanistan and the migrant crisis are similar, both a failure of leadership. Can, can you expand on that, please? Yeah. What you've got in uh, in both cases is uh, a, a man who uses politics instead of policy to, to address problems. Uh, Afghanistan, I mentioned the, the political necessity, at least from Biden's point of view, to get out before September 11th which would have been 20 years, of course. Nice round number for the, for, uh, you know, the campaigns. And, uh, and then, of course, you have the political uh, solutions to the migrant crisis, which is basically hide them. Hide the migrants. Don't let, don't let anybody see them. And when anybody asks about them, you're, you just say, no, they're, they're, uh, they're okay. They're, you know they're going to north. They're going to northern cities, and they're going to be fine, just fine. So, and of course, nobody is talking about the the problem at the border. And and I'm sorry, Biden is uh, just he's not doing anything. He's telling the mayor of New York City to go hang himself. <laughs> Pretty close. Yeah. He's telling them, uh, you know, do it yourself. But we, we can't do anything until the Republicans do something in the House and the Senate right. and pass pass legislation. Well, that's that's nonsense. He could declare a state of emergency where he has billions and billions of dollars available to him to, to use to solve the problem. Right. And he doesn't do it. Well, he could also do what I think he should do. And you know me. I, I came to the U.S. as... Uh, as a boy from Cuba. So, you know, I, I sympathize with people who want to come, but at least our family came in an orderly fashion, which I, I've always felt is the best way. But I think what he should do on the border, what any rational person would be on the border, would do on the border, I think, is to close it for a year and say no more asylum requests. 
Uh, you're just going to have to stay in your country because we have to digest these thousands of people who are already here. Yes. Uh, that's what I think would be a more rational solution. And he could probably get away with that even in the Democrat Party because the Democrats are not happy with what's happening. Yeah. Also, Rick, another thing, too, the mayor of New York and the governor and maybe the governor of Illinois or mayor of Chicago are calling for the same thing, but they want work permits. The problem is you don't get work permits the way these people have come in, Rick. You got to come in legally and then they give you a work permit like they did with my father. After they vet you, after they make sure you're not a criminal or a terrorist. Right, exactly. And it takes time to do that. Right. And and just just saying or just asking Biden to hand out these things like, you know, like business cards. Right. Ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. And uh, of course, you know, the the Biden blames it on the Republicans so that he's not getting any more money. Which is again as very dishonest uh, on his part as well. How is this migrant um, kind of a loaded question? But how how do you think this is going to end up? I mean, th th there's no way. I I just don't see a happy ending, uh, Rick. So you know, what are your thoughts? You you live right there in a city that has this problem. The uh, the problem is going to disappear. I guarantee you, by 2024 election day. <laughs> There is not going to be a problem on the border. There's not going to be a problem with migrants. I mean, there might still be one, but Biden won't say there is. And the the media who backs him, they're they're not going to say there's a there's a crisis. So that's you know that's that's basically it. We're going to ignore it, right? Or the people who are capable of ignoring it are going to do so. Right. Well, the truth is they almost got away with it. I mean, it wasn't until they went to these cities yes. that this became an issue. But for a long time, nobody was talking about uh, the crisis on the border. One last point here. Uh, we're almost running out of time, Rick. But one last point I wanted to bring up. Uh, I, you know, the economy, of course, is always a big issue. And this last week, uh, a couple of interesting numbers came out about consumer delinquencies or consumer loan delinquencies, car loans, credit card loans, consumer loans. And it's a very interesting article in the Washington Post. Uh, and there's been in other places too. And uh, analyzing this. And basically the problem is that the family is running out of cash. After they pay for the gasoline and the food and everything else, they just don't have enough cash. So something has to give. And there, some loans are going into delinquency, car loans and consumer loans. Uh, that's a real mess. That's a real mess. We went through something like this. You're, you and I are old enough to remember the early 1980s when we went through stuff like this in oh, that yeah. recession. So um, have you thought, I mean, do, do, do you think this is going to be a problem with these delinquencies? Uh, right now it is. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Uh, you and that's because the uh, interest rates are, uh, you know, are the highest they've been in uh, what twenty years, or fifteen years, I think. So this uh, this put extra, uh, and of course the inflation rate, which makes everything more expensive that isn't tied to uh, a car loan or a consumer loan. So you you get you get to the point where you're paid the mortgage, you pay your food bill, you pay the regular bills. Like keep the heat on and the and the lights on, 
And then you're stuck with not enough to pay the credit cards. And that's just the way it is right now. And I, I think it'll get better once the uh, interest rates start coming down. And there's indication that they will start coming down late next year. So, you know, it, it it's it's bad right now because you have all these people defaulting on loans and mm-hmm. ruining their credit. So, right. You know. Well, where it becomes a real problem, of course, especially with car loans. I mean, credit cards, at least they're insecure credit, so they can't take any, you know, they can just cancel your card, I guess, and 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 kill your credit rating. But when you get into car loans, I mean, repossessions kick in and people could be losing their cars or maybe losing their homes. So that's where I think it becomes a a real problem. I think, uh, Rick, that the culprit is the the high price of gasoline, because if gasoline was two dollars a gallon, a lot of the there'd be a heck of a lot more cash. I tell you, there'd be a a lot more cash in my wallet if gasoline was two dollars a gallon. So I think a lot of it's gasoline, that if we could figure out some way of bringing down the price of gasoline, let's say, to 225 or even 230 that would help a lot, Rick. Yeah. Well, it's right now, what is it? It's uh, three three eighty nine in Chicago. I don't know what it yeah. is. Probably well, I just paid, uh, I just paid uh, 349 here ah. uh, a few days ago, which is, I, I know that that's less than what you paid, but believe me rick in texas we we were paying almost two dollars not long ago i mean at at at, say in early 2021 so that's a big jump you know when i go to the gas station now i look at the you know the marker the dollar market yeah marker and i'm you know i i'm lee i'm spending about 15 to 18 dollars more a tank and i have a small car yeah because you fill up the car at 220 or 350, uh, well, you can tell the difference. So I do think that it, something else too that that was fascinating in that Washington Post article is that people are now even using their credit cards to buy food. Yeah, which, that's not a that's not a as they say uh, a, a long term solution. That's yeah. that you can do that for one month, but you can't do it too many times. No, you can't you can't fill up because the that that really puts you back in the in in the hole in exactly the so yeah so this is a real problem well rick we're out of time so give me give me a heads up on what you're working on a couple of things that we can look forward to <laughs> Get, you know reveal your your neck not reveal but no. keep give us a little taste of what you're working on well i do five or six articles a day so today <laughs> i wrote about uh the, the uh uh, Ukraine war, a possible breakthrough by Ukrainian troops. Uh, I yes. wrote about Biden's age. Turns out they're they're trying to hide it, of course, to hide the uh, infirmities by uh, doing little things like uh, they're uh, using the steps, the short steps, they call them, on Air Force One so right. he doesn't trip and fall. I mean... <laughs> It's it's getting pretty bad out there for Joe. Well, I think they're hiding his age by hiding him. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Which uh, is is pretty sad. Uh, you know, I it, it is sad because on one hand, all of us have had relatives that have gone through that, and you feel bad for the human being. 
but he is the president of the country. And I just fear, I mean, I know this is an old uh, TV commercial, but that three o'clock in the morning phone call. Yeah. I'm just not comfortable. Me neither. And I think if people thought about it, they wouldn't be. And, uh, you know, it, uh, it, I think in the end, that might be the thing that sinks. Right. Uh, Biden. I, I wrote an article about that today, too, about the idea that the election isn't going to be on the economy as much as it has been in the past. The election is going to turn on the fact that people see Biden as being too old and right. they see Trump as being a crook. Right. <laughs> and uh, th that's that's those are the two basic features of both men. And it depends on if more people think Trump is a crook than think Biden is too old. Yeah. Well, I, I just think that what is also true, Rick, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but what is also true is that I think all of the data supports the idea that America would rather have a different choice. Yes. Uh, that that, means... Yeah, that somehow Trump versus Biden is not what the public wants. And at this point, doesn't look that, like that's going to happen. Yes. I, nobody I running on the Democratic side, no, nobody who could challenge Biden, anybody. And no, they're not going to challenge him. But 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 as you say, I mean, there's a lot of them who are just as concerned about his age. I mean, when you see him go to Hawaii and make that statement about the fire in his home, yeah. when you ah. see him make that statement about how he was convincing strong Thurman on the I mean, these are things that are either coming from the mind of, of a very dishonest man or someone who doesn't know what he's saying. I mean, he doesn't know what he's saying. That's what I fear. Yeah, that's that, that's worse than the first one. Yeah, yeah. Than the first one. Rick, I want to thank you so much for joining us, and I hope that uh, we have the chance to do it again because I enjoyed it a great deal. Me too, Silvio. Thank you so much, and uh, Rick uh, Moran with PJ Media. Keep an eye on him as uh, as I do. I see his articles. Uh, they. They come out. I mean, you see them in different places. At least I do. I see them in, in different places. Great stuff that he uh, that he writes. As I mentioned, we go back to 2004. And that that right now seems like uh, like the 15th century. That's how far back uh, it seems to talk about the Bush reelection and Iraq and all of that, all of that kind of stuff. Thank you for listening. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas. And we'll talk to you later. Bye bye, everybody.